Good morning, church. Welcome to Journey. Glad that you have chosen to worship with us today. Uh, we really do believe that we're better together. Uh, that happens in small groups of people. Uh, we've got small groups that are meeting every single week, and you can find more information at guest services. If you're online today, uh, just comment the word groups, and uh, we'll know that you're watching today, and uh, we'll reach out to you uh, to get involved with a group. Winter Jam is happening tonight. Uh, we're so excited for this. We've got about between 20 and 25 people going with us. If you're part of the group planning to go, please meet me at the front of the stage after service today. Uh, we'll go through all the details, when to meet, how much tickets are, just a couple reminders about things. Uh, very excited for that tonight. And if you are interested in going, please, it's not too late. Today's the last day to do it. Please meet me here at the front of the stage after service if you're planning to go to Winter Jam today. Journey Students is having a big game watch party uh, next Sunday, the 11th, starting at 6. And we'll be catering Raising Canes. We'll be watching some football, uh, commercial bingo, and stuff like that. A lot of fun. So if you're a 6th to 12th grader or a 6th to 12th grade parent or guardian, uh, be sure to see me if you have any questions about that event next week. Uh, Discover Journey is something that we try to do uh, four times a year every quarter. And uh, the next one for 2024 is scheduled for Sunday, March 17th. Uh, this is for new people. So if you're new to Journey, you've been here three times and you're kind of stuck at this point. You're stuck with us at this point. Uh, we want you to know more about God and about us and who we are, our identity as a church. And so Discover is a one-hour talk uh, with myself and Bobby and uh, elders and other, other people that might be, you know, lead team and stuff like that. And we're going to open up our playbook and we're just going to be transparent with you about God loves you, and he wants you to get involved with his church. And so that's really what it's about. So this is for new people at Journey. And if you're newer, we've got your information from the Connect cards that you've signed out. We will send out letters uh, in the next couple weeks. And so if you get one of those, please RSVP. And again, I know it's a little bit away, over a month away, but uh, we're excited for this. We're excited for the momentum that God is showing us. I mean, this room is full today, y'all. This is awesome. Amen. It's good to see new people, good to see old, uh, not old people, but people that have come back to join us again for Journey. Good to see the old people too, don't get me wrong. It's good to see people in general, amen? And we're just under two months out from Easter weekend. We want to put this out there. Here's the Easter graphic for this year. Really simple, uh, just like Jesus, really simple. Uh, he died and three days later he popped out of that grave and he said, sin and death is defeated, uh, sin is no more. I am the king of the world. Amen. So join us March 30th, March 31st. It's early this year. Uh, join us sun, uh, Sunday at 1030, Saturday at 6 if you plan on joining us. Uh, celebrate the resurrection together. Uh, really excited for that too. We got a new series next weekend called Zip It. Say Zip It. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just zip it. Amen. It's the best thing we can do sometimes. So we're going to talk about how can we watch our mouth. We'll talk about that for three weeks, which means we are wrapping up our series for 2024, the first one, What's Needed Most. Last week we talked about money, and, we, and that's a hard topic to talk about. Well, sorry to disappoint you. We're talking about money again today. Uh, we're talking about how do we get out of debt, and really that starts with how can we give to God more. Let's go ahead and get started. All right, guys, we're going we're gonna to get into the M word, uh, part two. And let me review. Before we jump in here, dive into Proverbs, wrap this up, let me, let me review. Here's the verse, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. All starts there. Fear God, respect God, honor God, everything starts there. Verse 7, Proverbs chapter 1, Solomon, smartest guy who ever lived, said, what do you need to know before you flip the calendar page? What do you need to know now that it's February? What do we really need to know as we go into 2024? What do I really need to know? So 
So Solomon, smartest guy that we can find, says fear of God, fear of the Lord, respect, honor God, is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. You need God's wisdom, bottom line. Say amen. amen. How does it start? Pick God first. That's it. Come on now, stay right there. How does this all get started? In my year ahead, what I've got left in 11 months, my career, my relationships, my health, my doctors, my kids, my grandkids, my marriage, my money. Pick God first. Pick better friends. Pick better words. Pick better boundaries in your relationships. That was the S word. We covered that one too. Sex. Men and women. Pick healthy, God-honoring boundaries. Pick God first, pick better friends, pick better words, pick better boundaries in your relationships between men and women. And then last week we said, pick God first with your money, and when you bring in the pizza pie, your paycheck, give God the first slice out of the box. Say amen? Before you slide it around the table and your electric company takes it, your mortgage company takes it, your gas payment, whatever the heck you got, before everybody takes something out of the box of pizza, make sure God gets the first piece because it comes around the table and there's nothing left for God. That's a bad idea. That's not wisdom. Give to God first. Pick God first with your money. Part two I want to talk about today and how do we become more generous and how we get this sorted out. Because, man, I'm telling you, this is confusing. This is hard to get this all sorted out. I'm going to try to fly, try to get you through this as quick as I can. You don't have to remember all this. Just grab a couple of things. If I can make this as simple as possible, I want to just give you a couple of things to take, take out of here with this series and think about the rest of the week. Pro probably all of us feel like we've let God down at times. I didn't put God first. I've got some friends that are really not my friends. I let my words get loose. I shouldn't have said that. I've gone too far in some physical relationship and we're not married. Or, you know, I don't have any money left for God at all. I don't have a dime in my pocket. Probably all of us feel like we let our team down. We let ourselves down. We let God down. We got in the huddle. The coach called a timeout. He gave us a play. We went back out on the court, and we didn't have a clue what he said. We missed it all. And if you feel like you just came out of January and your head is in the clouds, you're in a fog, gray days have like drowned you and like, like I don't know what I'm doing, and you just seem to be wandering. Listen, tie in just for a second. I'm going to give you a couple of things. Grab a couple of these. You don't have to keep it all, but just keep a couple of these because I think it will really help. We all need to find what it is that are the right sort of commitments because we have too many commitments. So how do we sort that out? Everybody that I talk to would say that I'm really busy. So how do we sort that out and find wisdom when it comes to my life, picking God, picking friends, picking better words, picking better boundaries, Picking better ways to use my money for God and for good and not just for myself. How in the world can I do that? Well, let me ask you this question. Are, are you the kind of person that, uh, who kind of has uh, trouble in Kroger and get lost in an aisle somewhere and don't know where your partner or your buddy you came with is at. Do you ever get lost in Kroger? Just nod your head like, yeah, I've gotten lost, or I can't find them, or they can't find me. I, I, have, I have some kind of directional blockage. I don't know what it is. I, 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 I'm challenged directionally. Let's just say that. I'm challenged. Say, challenged? Probably you are too. I'll get in Kroger and I'm, my mind's on something, and Connie says, stand right here, and I'll come back in a minute. I'm going to go get a, some pork and beans. Heck, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just walking over here looking at the phone or something. I'm looking at something. And she's like, where are you at? And, and we wander. And that's what happens. You know, sometimes our mind wanders. And sometimes it feels like, you know, 
what's going on? And like we're already in February, and what happened to January? And it is so hard sometimes for us to keep it together. And if you're ready for a brighter day, I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts. That's all. We'll give you a couple of thoughts. I'm going to look at Proverbs. I'm going to read some verses, but I'm only, there's only a couple of things I can do with this. We can all do anything we want. But you really can't do everything. And, and that's where the problem begins. Science, neuroscience tells us if you don't have God's wisdom and use God's wisdom, you can over-dilute your brain power trying to do too much. And what we really need in 2024 is not working harder, but smarter with focused attention. I've got some proof. Seems that I ran into Dr. Henry Cloud in person at a conference in Lexington a couple years ago. I bought his book, and he is a clinical psychiatrist, psychologist, and Christian, and an author, and blogger, and speaker. Lives in Los Angeles, California, and he says, we need God's wisdom for balance and discovering healthy commitments and being aligned with God's purpose. We need to find a way to be more focused with our brain power. And he says, as a scientist, that we need three things to get more focused. Number one, two, three. These are not in your notes. Just think about this with me. I only got a couple of things. It's about your brain, Buster. That's what I'm talking about today, not your money. You're never going to get your money right or your friends right or your mouth right or your boundaries and relationships right if you don't get your brain right. So listen, hang on. Just, just, just grab this, put it in your pocket. Here's three things this really smart scientist, neural scientist, psychologist, Ph.D., Three things the brain needs to get more focused. Attend to what is relevant to get there. Your brain has to attend to what is relevant at that moment. You have to be present in the moment. Your brain has to be present in the moment. And that's why it's a really bad idea, he says, for us to text and drive because you're distracted and your brain doesn't work right even though you think it does. Number one, attend to what is relevant to get there. The speed that you're driving, the lane that you're driving, the turn that you're going to make, the, the traffic flow and what's up and You've got to focus, and if you're not focused and have focused attention and your brain is not on driving and you're using your phone to text, that's where things happen, accidents happen. So he says... That your brain needs to attend and be present to whatever's relevant. Number two, it needs to inhibit everything else. You got to cut the clutter. All right, I'm going to make some of you mad and you're going to disagree with me. Go get his book because I'm not a genius and he is and he's a scientist and I'm not. But he says this. He says those of us who believe that you can multitask, that's 100% false. That's a joke. We do not multitask. Our brain is not wired. You multi-switch. You jump from topic to topic, but your brain can't get there, not completely, with all the things you're trying to do until you're not very good at any of them. Mm-hmm. Got your attention, didn't I? Yeah. I'm not I'm not a scientist, but that's what Proverbs tells us as well when it comes to wisdom. It isn't that you're a you know bad guy or a criminal or it isn't that you're stupid, it is that you're way too busy and you're killing your brain. You are diluting your brain power by trying to do too much at the same time. And you're, you're kidding yourself. It is a joke. 
that it sounds like honorable thing to say, I can multitask. Read the science. Apparently we can't. You just multi-switch from one topic to the next. I've done it. You've done it too. Connie's given me some instructions about the rest of the day. And I'm looking right at her. And I'm agreeing, like, yes, ma'am, whatever you say. But the television's on, and somebody's saying, like, do you know how bad your team played last night? And I'm like, I, my ear and my head and my neck, is, I, but I'm looking right at her, and I'm promising that I'm really able to listen completely, and I can be present completely, but we're lying. Because our brain don't work that way. If you're going to have communication with another person, then have some eye contact. You notice people that look down. You notice people that say they're listening. They, you notice people that do. They're not on task. They're not really there. We're not really doing it the way our brain needs us to do that. So when it comes to wisdom in 2024, this is it. This is it. Just That's one of them that I said today I want you to take home. That's it. You're killing your brain, man. You're diluting your brain trying to do everything at the same time, and you're not very good at a lot of stuff you're trying to do. So you've got to filter some of the things that you're trying to do that just aren't for you. And that's what science says. That's what uh, I think Proverbs is going to tell us. So focused attention when it comes to money habits and wisdom is where we have to go. So here's the launching pad for money, the M word that I'm talking about today. And then I'll give you a few things. We'll read some verses. We'll try to have communion. And I hope that you can hang on to this one thought, like quit killing your brain by trying to do everything. And pick something that really fits your identity. Quit being like trying to be like somebody else. Quit trying to be the richest guy in the county. You know, just be you. Whatever that is. Okay, I'll get there. Here's a launching pad for the M word. Everybody has money habits. Everybody in the audience, all of you who are online, we all have some money habits. And so the Bible helps clear the deck and says some habits are bad habits when it comes to money, and some are good. Everybody's got habits, but the Bible says some are good, some are bad. And you need to sort that out as I walk through some of this with Proverbs and wisdom and what it takes to get on the page with God. Here's a takeaway, some practical things for you to think about your habits with money if you know somebody who is actually working every day, pat them on the back and shake their hand and congratulate them and say, way to go. Appreciate what you do. Reward positive behavior wherever you can when it comes to people who actually will work. And if you find somebody that's sitting on the rear end and they're capable, stir the stick a little bit. I don't mean let your words get loose and use the wrong kind of words, but there's two kinds of people described in Proverbs, one who's trying really hard and one who's not trying as hard as they should. And so that's a takeaway. And here's the last takeaway. Generosity will produce more. You think it's about keeping it for yourself and keeping it all tight-fisted and keeping it rolled up in your billfold and you count every dollar and every five and every 20 and every 100 and you've got them in order. You've got them lined up. Stop it. Stop it. It's fine to count them. It's fine to put them in order, but give them away. More generosity gives you more. God blesses you with more as you give more. And so that's a practical principle to take away from this lesson on M, the M word, and the bottom line is, yeah, if you're going to really be wise, you've got to get out of debt. That's where I'll wrap up today. Some of you got too much debt. You just got too much debt. You bought too many farms. You bought too many trucks, tractors, cars, buses, whatever you're driving. I don't know, whatever. Bicycles, motorcycles, cows. I don't know. Basketball shoes. I don't know. I, what, what else did I leave out? It's tough to manage it all. And be wise and, and be focused. It's tough to be focused and not get lost and wander. Your brain, you know, when you're trying to work two or three jobs and you haven't slept and you haven't got, you, you don't sleep. You don't get enough sleep. You don't get enough rest. And it, it's, it's tough, man, I'm telling you. Inflation is real. I shared this last night and 
John, a shout out to you, brother. You came in this morning and said, I'm going to watch online. So, John, thanks for watching online. And thanks for giving me this illustration, John. I shared this last night, and you gave me another. Uh, just this week, it was released that the McDonald's in Chicago, if you go there and buy an egg McMuffin, it costs you seven bucks. Seven bucks. It, it's not in every McDonald's, but it is in Chicago. So if you've got a family of three and you all ate three Egg McMuffins, you ain't got milk yet or coffee to drink. It's pretty expensive. And it's not just Chicago. It's also in California. If you go to California, Taco Bell's doing the same thing. Two tacos and a drink's 14 bucks in California. So I'm just saying, all of you realize what I'm talking about. Like, this is impossible, preacher. I can't get it together. I'm working three jobs now. Well, that's the problem, is you're working too many jobs, and you're getting further behind. And if you don't get this sorted out in your head, like you're killing your brain, it's not about, can I work another job, can I take some more hours, you're killing your brain by, by trying to multi-switch all the time and call it multitasking, and I'll just go to work after I get off one job or go to another job. It doesn't work very well. So keep that in your pocket. Remember what I'm saying from... Proverbs today, and then let me read some of this with you. Proverbs chapter 3 says, uh, We honor God when we give our best to God. That's our first fruits. That was last weekend. We make God the first slice of pizza out of the box. We honor God. And there's also this part of Proverbs where Solomon defines what it looks like to be rich and poor. He said there's people that are righteous poor, people that love God and work hard every day and they earn an honest living and they pay their taxes and they do their best to provide for their family, but they just don't have much. And that's some of you. Some of you are, some of you are poor. And it's not of your own doing. You do go to work and you do have a job, but an egg McMuffin seven bucks. And my friend John told me if you go over here to Cynthiana, you don't have to be in Chicago and you don't have to be in California but if you go to our Walmart and you go to Subway, that if you get a biscuit over there, it was $8 this week. I don't know what else he put on the biscuit, but I'm telling you, it's tough. It is hard. And so some of us are doing the best we can, and that's righteous, poor, doing the best with what we have and trying to give to God first and give to others and be generous when we can. Then Solomon says there's the unrighteous, poor person who's just plain lazy and won't work not make an effort. And Proverbs calls them sluggards. They won't try. They're looking for a handout or an entitlement or somebody else to take care of them. And Proverbs says poverty is the result of your own choice because you're not trying. We'll buy a cell phone. We'll buy a new pair of shoes, but we're not really spending wisely, and we're looking for a way to get rich quick. So there's that thing in Proverbs about money. Righteous poor people and unrighteous poor people. And then there's the righteous rich. He says there are those who gain a lot of wealth. You're not poor, but you get a lot of wealth. Your wealth does accumulate because you've given to God first and you've given generously to others. And so you gain wealth by your righteous living and planning and investing and being prudent and frugal and saving. And some of you are frugal people and some of you in this room are wealthy right now. And some of you online are wealthy. Not because you live in a big mansion house and not because you drive a brand new car and truck, but you have been wise and you have used your resources through long periods of history of your life to do with less and so that you could have more later. And you've earned it. So that's righteous richness, giving to God and to others extraordinarily. To be very frank with you, journey doesn't pay its bills. We have people that come here that don't have anything in their pocket, and we try to help them a lot. And we're glad they're here. We're glad you're here. And honestly, if you need a pair of shoes, we'll get you a pair of shoes. And if you need something to eat, we'll get you something to eat. I'm telling you guys, you're in the right church in the right place. But it is difficult sometimes to sort all this out and figure out how to be wise and be focused and have focused attention. And there are people that help us at Journey to do that. They don't go to church here. They live in other cities and states. And we probably produce about twenty to $25,000 a year 
and outside giving that helps us pay the bills and keep the lights on. We're not paying the bills. We haven't for years. Well, then how do you stay open? Because other people believe in this mission and this community to help people like you and the guy sitting next to you, and they invest in it. And it's usually twenty to $25,000 a year that we have to come up with with extra resources or we couldn't exist, and we would have closed years ago. We'll be 17 years old come July. God just does it, man. You give Jesus two fish and five loaves, and he'll feed 5,000. That's how it gets done. And so there are righteous, rich people who care about this mission called Journey Community Christian Church that is for everybody. Say amen? amen. Yeah, that's how it works. And that's how it'll work in your own life too. When you become frugal and conservative, I don't mean stingy and tight. I mean just the opposite, someone who's generous. But when you live within your means, then you're able to give to God and others extraordinarily beyond, beyond the minimum, just putting a dollar in the tide jug. That's not going to pay our bills. If I'm short $25,000 a year, you guys who only put five bucks in that thing every couple of weeks, that ain't gonna, that's not going to match you up. That ain't gonna, that's not, not going to help us get to the end of that $25,000. We need more when you can. And if you can't, don't do it. If you ain't got it, don't put it in there. If you need some, take it out. Say amen? amen. If the bucket goes in front of you and you need some, take five bucks out. I'm just saying, God will give us ten the next time. I don't care. I don't care. Take it out if you ain't got it. But if you got it, put some in. Say amen? amen. That's how money works. That's how you do it. Andy Stanley says, Greed is simply the assumption that it's all for our consumption. I'll say that a little slower. Greed, don't be greedy. Greed is simply the assumption that it's all for us, me, 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 my consumption. If God's giving you wealth, it isn't just for you. It's so that you might share it with somebody else. And if you don't have wealth yet, then God's working on that so that you might give it away too. And it might take you a lifetime to get there, but... Don't give up. Solomon explains the righteous ways to gain and spend wealth. And I'm going to give you these three things to jot down. And then we'll have communion at the end. Don't lose what I started with. That you're killing your brain by trying to do too much. And you're not going to multitask. You're just going to multi-switch from job to job. And you're going to get worse with your money and your relationships and with God and people. If that's all you're doing. So 2024, be wise. Pick God first. Pick better friends who will tell you the truth. Pick better words. Zip it. We'll talk about that next weekend. And pick boundaries in your relationships between men and women. If you're not married, then keep your hands off. I'm just telling you. That's what it says. And finally, give to God first and then give to others. Be generous. Here's number one. Jot this down if you've got notes, and then we'll read some of these verses, and I'll see if I can wrap this up. Those people who are working should get a attaboy and pat on the back and a handshake. They ought to be praised. Don't criticize somebody that got out of bed before daylight and went to work. If you can do anything to encourage them, God bless them. And if they got on a train or a bus or a plane and they had to go out of town and been gone for two weeks, they're tired. You know, since nagging on that, they're doing the best they can. So bless them if you can in any way if somebody's working, however they're working. And whatever it looks like. And those who aren't doing something, they ought to get a little, you know, encouragement in some kind way. Watch your words. But chastise them, coach them if they're coachable. But care about them. Care about them enough to say, hey, you ought to make a contribution here. How can we do this? Let me help you. It starts there. That's the principle. Say amen. Yeah. Yeah. Let me read a verse. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. Don't be foolish. He who works his land, you guys who are farmers and ranchers and run restaurants and you have children and grandchildren and college students and, man, you, you, guys, you guys get all this. Working at Kroger or Walmart or wherever you go. Proverbs 12. He who works his land will have abundant food, but he who chases after fantasies lacks judgment. There are plenty of people that just...
got some kind of pipe dream, stupid dream idea that they're just going to loaf through life and pick up, you know, somebody's going to pick up the tab. They'll cover me until I, you know, I get something that comes in the mail and I get some money that I don't have to go get that job. I don't want that job. Get a job. Just start somewhere. Get a job. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. Let me keep reading. The guy who is lazy or the sluggard, NIV, he craves. Man, I wish I had something to eat. I wish I had a new pair of blue jeans. I wish I had a new jacket or a coat or a bike. I don't know. The sluggard, lazy person wants it, craves, gets nothing, but the desires of those who are hardworking, diligent, are satisfied, fully satisfied. So we all met the harebrained guy or person or girl who had, the, you know, going to make a million dollars, almost got the job, almost got the call. It's going to happen next time. Just go to work. You don't get a real job, get started, and uh, it really is wise. It's the way God planned for it. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23 says, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. If you're just talking about a job, go get a job. <laughs> Say amen. amen. Do something. I don't care where it starts. It don't have to be five days a week or seven days a week. It can be part-time. Just start something because that is what God says is why. Solomon tells us, make an honest living. Stop begging and borrowing from everybody else and get your financial future straightened out and on track. And uh, how to start is giving God first. Get God at the top of your paycheck, not at the end of your month and hoping you got a penny or two left. So that's how it all gets started. Here's number two. Write this down. A man that gives away wealth increases more, and if he tries to hoard it and hide it and save it for himself, he ends up broke. I'm just going to buy another truck, another car, another bike, and I'm going to put it in the garage, and that's not the wisest thing to do with your money. If you are not putting God first and people first that don't have enough already, it can happen in the fragile economy that I described just a moment ago about McDonald's and Taco Bell and even Subway in Cynthia. It can happen to all of us. It is tough sometimes that uh, we got too much debt and not enough income, and we're struggling. And a lot of people that we know are struggling. And uh, you need wisdom. You need to be focused with your brain. You need to use all your brain power to realize some things you need to stop doing, stop buying, uh, stop giving to somebody else that needs a job, and let them go get a job. Uh, just, just, don't, just don't do that. Proverbs chapter 11 again, verse 24. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but he comes to poverty. So the truth is generosity is in again. Try to be generous. Proverbs 14, verse 21. He who despises his neighbor sins. It's a bad idea. But blessed is he who is kind to the needy. If your neighbor's yard looks like it needs mowing, well, maybe they don't have a mower. Go mow their yard. You know, it's nice to be nice. Just try, you know, just saying, whatever you can do. Proverbs 14, verse 31, he who oppresses the poor shows contempt to God the maker. You get all jacked up about the guy across the road, the guy next door to you because he's got his music on too late or whatever it is that you don't like about him. Pray for him first. That's probably not going, you're not going to help a bit just being mad at your neighbor. Not going to help at all. He's got chickens, he's got goats, they're in my yard. Well, you didn't have to mow the grass. Okay, so there you go. I don't know. <laughs> Find something. Find some way. Amen? Amen? Yeah. I'm just saying. It's the truth. And Journey tries to do that and help you do that. Whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Here's another one, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. That's a good idea. It's like an investment in God when you give to people that really do need a not a hand out, but a hand up. He who is kind to the poor is being kind and good to God who already owns it anyway, and he will reward him for what he has done. So there is a big idea here. There's a takeaway here for this principle that I'm talking about. The, most, the way to get the most bang for your buck. If you're already working overtime and you're never home already and you wish you could see your family more often, the way to stretch your dollar and get more bang for your buck is stop working harder and longer and more hours and be nice to people. Sometimes people around your own table. Start there. And then to people even that you may not know 
who are neighbors that you just met. That really is the idea. Be a generous giver. Saving is the right way, not hoarding, trying to hang on to it for yourself. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6, 7, and 8. I probably made everybody mad last night when I read this. I told them, we all got an ant-sized brain. That's what's wrong with us. You got an ant-sized brain. I offended a whole bunch of people. But that's what Solomon says. Come on. Go to the ant. You who are lazy and talk about big stuff, I'm going to get a job one of these days. Go to the ant, you sluggard, lazy person who ought to go to work and do something, try something. Consider its ways and be wise. Get this all turned around. It has no commander. It doesn't have some mama or some daddy or grandpa or some supervisor commanding the ant. It has no commander, no overseer, or no ruler. Yet, it's got enough good sense, even that ant, to store its provisions in summer and gather its food at harvest. You don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. You don't have to be a 4.0 academic star at MIT. You don't have to be an astronaut ready to search the universe. You can have an ant-sized brain and know that it's better to save a little for when the grocery bill gets higher and when the kids come home from college during summer. Save a little each month before winter arrives and our fuel and electric bills begin to double. Save a little extra when the gas at the gas pump starts going up again and you drive to work every day and have long distances. Save and be wise is a good idea. Say good idea. Good idea. Research tells us this, and I got this out of another kind of uh, economy book. It's just somebody's business book, but it's as good as anybody else's. And this is what the, this is what the st statistics are that they suggest. They suggested they suggested that in the U.S. of A. in America today. 78% uh, of the people in our world today, in our culture, are going to have a catastrophic financial event happen every 10 years. Now let that sink in. If it's coming and you don't have any savings, you are upside down. And that's what's wrong with some of you. You got no savings. And you just keep putting it off and pushing it down the highway like our government. Kick it on down the highway to somebody else's problem. But it's coming because it happens to people and it happens to us. And so pretty soon, it's going to be about every decade, we have a car payment or we buy a house. Or maybe somebody graduates from high school or college or maybe there's a wedding or there's a baby. And then about that time, there's some catastrophic thing that happens. And you can't produce the same level of income that you were producing before, and you spin it all. And that's what happens. And some of us are living from crisis to crisis every paycheck because we're spending every nickel we got, and we never get there. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a preacher the last 45 years. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. To be very frank and transparent with you, and I don't think I would embarrass my wife at all to say this, Probably not until the last 10 years have we even had enough money in our bank accounts that we could go spend 20 bucks to buy a meal unless somebody gave me the 20 bucks. I've raised three kids. They've got kids. Connie and I have done ministry on a standard salary that never changes. I understand what I'm saying. I understand how hard this is. But it's taken me, I'm 71 years old, and for the first time in my life, she and I can go buy a plane ticket and fly to Canada if we want to go. But it's taken a long time to get there. And we've had to save, and she's had to save, and she's still got bills that we have to pay that we've accumulated just because it's hard. It's hard. So I'm not just, you know, I'm not trying to pick you out of the crowd and say, hey, it's easy for you to say that, preacher. I'm telling you, I've lived it too. But if you live it with wisdom and you use all your brain power, and you don't dilute your brain power by trying to do everything at the same time and give everybody in your family money, but 
that you know you ain't got and they need to go get get a job and work themselves if you figure this out you'll eventually get there Solomon says hey if you've tried saving a little along the way when a when a catastrophic event happens and somebody somebody's got to have your help you probably have a, a small savings that's put aside that you can help with that's the goal have some savings that you can Share for yourself or with someone else. Proverbs chapter 21 says, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man just eats it all. He finishes his paycheck before you get home. You don't even go to the bank. You go to one of those quick check places and you get your cash and they take about 20 bucks of it because they give it to you right now and now you're already out of money and it's Tuesday. So don't eat up the whole paycheck. First of the month, all the food stamps. Foolish man devours all he has. Solomon says that's just not very smart. That's a dumb idea. And everybody in our culture is doing that these days. There's no margin. We have no margin for expenses. Food, rent, fuel, utilities all keep going up. Like I said, at uh, you know even McDonald's. So trying to eat cheap, it's not cheap anymore. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13, it's no way to live. Crisis to crisis. We could do better. But we need God's help, and we need to put God first. Make sure he gets a piece of the paycheck before everybody else takes it. Start with something, even if it's 25 cents or a dollar. Give to God first, whatever you can. Start there. Proverbs 13, dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. It will grow. Don't hoard it. Don't be stingy. Share it. Be generous with God. Be generous with others. Whatever you like, if you like $5 coffee, $4 coffee, that's terrific. If you like those kind of shoes that cost 100 bucks, 200 bucks, that's great. I'm not saying that you shouldn't drive a new car, a new truck, a new motorcycle. Don't, you don't have to be cheap, but there is a warning here that you, you need to understand, even if it's an ant-sized brain, that you should save a little each day for a rainy day that's going to come to everybody. Say amen? Amen. All right. So that's how that goes, the M word. I'm almost done. Number three, here's the third thing. If you get stuck in it, it is a trap. It is a trap. They'll give you a credit card before you get out of high school. I'm telling you, it's, it's just crazy. It, it is a trap. We enslave ourselves to debt, and we lose part of your life is what you really lose. Now you're a slave to work more. More hours, your brain is trapped. And you're trying to multitask, and I just told you a minute ago that nobody can do that. It's a, it's a joke, and it's a lie, and it's 100% false. You cannot multitask. You just multi-switch. You put one shovel down, and you go get another. That's all you do. Not a good idea. Proverbs 22, verse 26. Do not be a man who strikes hands in a pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay for what you're buying, your very bed will be snatched from under you. So don't buy on credit. Sometimes you have to. I would have never had a house. I didn't have the cash, and you don't either. I would have never bought a car because I didn't have a car. you got to use some credit, but you got to be wise how much. So don't be foolish buying something on impulse that you can't pay for and you know that you're not making enough money to make the payments. Live with less until you can afford whatever the payment is. Zero down, zero payments, zero interest, zero math is stupid math. It's not math. Say amen? amen. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up, and somebody's going to have to pay for that. They're going to come and take your couch. They're going to come get your car or truck or your computer or whatever it is that you bought you couldn't pay for. We buy stuff that we can't afford because we see it, and people say, take it with you. It's fine. It's not fine. It's a dumb idea. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 7, one man pretends to be rich, yet he has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, but he has great wealth. So everybody wants to live the lifestyle. I'm going to probably make somebody mad right here, but I'm getting close to communion, so I'll get forgiveness, I hope. <laughs> I'm an old guy. Brian said he's glad he's got old guys here. I'm glad he said that. I'm an old guy. You know what we do as parents and grandparents these days? And it's not a wise thing. And we let them get away with it. Our kids want to start out life at the same level economically that we're now living and we're 70 years old. 
They want to drive the car that we're driving. They want to live in the house that we're living in. It's not wise. They want to have the money in their pocket and the jingle, and they want to have the lifestyle without earning it. And it's not a wise decision. I'm guilty. I've got kids and grandkids, and I'd give them anything. And we do. But there has to be a balance that we help our kids and grandkids grow up and realize there's this value of making better God decisions with your money, and they have to choose as well and not just put their hand out asking us to give them more. Everybody wants more. Sometimes we just have to earn it is a better decision. Proverbs chapter 22, 7, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. So our desire to be generous sometimes is prevented. Generous givers to God and to others it's, it's sometimes prevented because we've overextended ourselves and we've got too much debt and we feel powerless to help others and we feel guilty. So that's where you end up coming to a message like this. You say, man, I, that preacher's right. My brain, I'm trying too hard. I'm working all the time. I'm working too much. He's right. I have diluted my brain power. I'm exhausted. I can't sleep at night. I can't go to sleep at night. I don't have any peace because I know I got an electric bill to pay this week. I don't know where I'm going to get the money. I mean, you guys are living that kind of stressful life, and everybody we know is. Your kids are doing the same thing. Man, and it has an impact. And, and our life has become marginalized because of debt, and it has this stranglehold on us. And it is not of God. So here's a big idea. <laughs> Before I get done with this, I see the clock has run out. I'm in trouble. Work a plan, guys. You just have to work a plan. Start something. I'm not telling you that I've got the right plan. I'm just saying you got to start somewhere with picking God first and being more generous to God and others and get out of debt. Proverbs chapter 6 says this, Dear friends, if you've gone into hock with your neighbor or locked yourself into a deal with a stranger, if you're impulsively promised the shirt off your back and now find yourself shivering out in the cold, friend, don't waste a minute. Get yourself out of that mess. You're in that man's clutches. Go put on a long face. Act desperate because you are. Don't procrastinate. There's no time to lose. Run like a deer from the hunter. Fly like a bird. From the trapper. Say amen. amen. Man, get free. Jesus Jesus died to set us free, and we have gotten ourselves enslaved to money. We call it sin and everything else, but it's money. So the bottom line, get out of debt sooner. Sooner the better, whatever the sacrifice, give, save, and live your life that God intended. Dave Ramsey says, live like no one else so that later you can live like no one else. So live within your means. Nobody else does that. Live within your budget. Nobody else has a budget. Well, live within your own means and your budget now so that later you can live like everybody else wishes they could live because now you've saved and you have resources. Say amen? amen. Okay, I hope that helps. You don't have to remember it all, but watch your brain because you're killing your brain by trying to do too many things and find out what your one true identity is and what it is that you're really good at. It's probably only three or four things. Did you hear me? It's probably only three or, th it's probably only three or four things that you're really good at that God made you to do and you're doing 15 or 20 or 100. Not going to work. Figure out three or four things that's your one real identity and give your brain power to that don't dilute your brain power by trying to do it all keep up with your neighbors keep up with the kids at school keep up with your kids in college Psst, forget it Ephesians chapter 2 Jesus tells us Paul tells us about Jesus for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Not because you put your money in the offering plate or because you put some money in the tide jug or because you took some notes from this preacher and decided I need to get my 
money straightened out. God wants you to get your money straightened out because you'll be a lot healthier and you'll sleep better and you'll be more generous. It's, it's for your benefit. He wants it for you. But he's not mad at you. He's not mad at you because you haven't put anything in anybody's offering plate or anybody's tied jug and you're spending every nickel you got and you got to go to work this afternoon. It's Sunday. You're going to go to a job as soon as I get done talking here in just a minute. Some of you going to work. He's not mad at you for doing that. He wants to help you not have to do that. He wants to give you wisdom and understanding of how this all begins to like we're connected. It's like a basketball team that plays for each other. It's like players that got each other's back. It's like, wow, when it's good, it's good. And when we're bad, we're really bad. Say bad? Yeah, that's a, it's life, guys. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith and not from yourselves. It's a gift of God that you ought to open right now. It's for, it's for you. If, if you believe in God and you've surrendered yourself to God and you've, you've confessed that Jesus is God's Son and your Savior, then that's where it begins right now as we take communion that you get a fresh start. You need a fresh start right now. Going to work's not going to do that for you. Go clean the house is not going to do that for you. Only Jesus can do that for you. You need a fresh start, sister. You need to, you need to pull in here and know you don't deserve it. Like you've been as dumb as everybody else in the whole world. Who cares? God loves us anyway. We need a fresh start, Jesus. Not by works so that nobody can boast. Pass those cups to everybody, and there's two cups. The bread's on the bottom. Put the bread in your mouth and bow your little head. Let's ask God to give us a fresh start, like a brand new day. Put the bread in your mouth, hold the cup. soon as you got your bread just bow your little head I'm going to pray and then we'll we'll share the cup that represents Jesus' blood God will you will you pour over us a breath of fresh air man we need a breath of fresh air And it's not something that we could do without your help. So we need help. God, we feel like we've let our team down and we've let ourselves down and we've let the church down and our family and we've let you down. May we let that go and quit worrying about our mistakes and our failures and realize that the cross takes care of everything willful things that we do and things that we didn't mean to do that God it's it's on the cross already it's there will you wash over us more than the sunshine outside may you bring Jesus the son of God into us as we remember his sacrifice a gift that we can receive may we do it now in his name together Amen. Drop the cup in the basket. They're going to walk in front of you. And if you've got something to share in the plate as your gift to God, put it in there. Check or cash. Somebody else's billfold. Just reach in and drop that one in there too. That'll be all right. And if you got some change, put it in the tide jug over there. We'll give that away. We'll help somebody too. God bless you. Come back next weekend if you can. We're going to start a brand new series. We're going to learn how to zip it and stop complaining and stop uh, griping and comparing about other things. We're going to talk about how to be better with our words and attitudes. So if you like that, if that's helpful, let's stand. Let's sing. you got a prayer you need us to pray, come on down the hallway. We'll pray together.